Welcome, Bears fans, to another edition of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're here to watch every game so you don't have to. But now you might want to. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Which was not expected going into the year, but yeah, the Bears, they, they have their quarterback. And they do. They are fun to watch. I was watching the game. At they the, are. I was watching the game with you at the bar, and... At one point early on in the game, I just turned to you and said, the, the Bears are running an NFL offense, <laughs> which is no small thing. Yeah, exactly. They haven't run an NFL offense in many, many, many years. Ever? So, <laughs> I mean, obviously the Bears lost the game, but man, Justin Fields is that dude. And wow. The fat, I mean, he is exceeding my wildest expectations for this season because... I really thought this year he just wasn't going to be able to do much with this offensive line and with this cast of characters at wide receiver, but man, he's just lighting it up every single week, and he is a special player, and he can do pretty much anything that any of the great quarterbacks can do. He's not there yet. He still has to clean some things up. He still, you know, makes some throws that I'm sure he'd like to have back, but He's also still in his second season, so the fact that he's doing what he's doing with, with this supporting cast is pretty impressive, and it just gets you really excited for the rest of this year and, and beyond. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, it, we, can't, we, we can't look at it and say he's finished product because he's not, but that's okay. Nobody really is. Uh, I've always believed just for myself that if you are if you, you're at your job and you feel like you know everything either you're in the wrong job or <laughs> you know you need to start reading something because <laughs> nobody does everybody's got to get better right so uh fields just has been so exciting um he brings an electrifying element to the team uh watching uh this change in the last especially the last two games with using him more in designed runs rather than I'm fleeing for my life so I don't get crushed in the pocket runs. Right. Uh, you know, that's a huge difference. Uh, in fact, um, if, you, uh, if, uh, if you were able to catch uh, Biggs this week, um, he did a really interesting talk with Michael Vick. He actually called Michael Vick yeah. after uh, Fields broke his record. Um, Vic is a fan of number one and, uh, really likes what he sees. Um, you know, he asked him that question that's certainly got a lot of buzz going right now about, oh, well, aren't we worried that our quarterback is going to get hurt on one of these runs? And he had the most interesting aspect, uh, perspective on that. And that was actually... I think you have a tendency to get hurt more in the pocket right. than you do on the run because you're going to get hit by a blindside. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You can get hurt. I mean, that's one of the things that I, I've heard a lot this week. And just some of the stuff that's going on in the media has just really been frustrating me. People basically coming up with excuses for why we shouldn't be excited about the way that the quarterback is playing. And that's a big one. Well, it's not sustainable having your quarterback run this much. And my response to that is, if you aren't going to be excited because you're worried that the player might get hurt, then you got to stop watching football. <laughs> because football players get hurt. You can get hurt in the pocket. You can get hurt out of the pocket. Sometimes You can be Teddy Bridgewater and get hurt in practice on the sideline by yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just... <laughs> football players are, are going to get hurt. And yeah, does it maybe increase the likelihood when you're running full speed into people sure but if you watched that game against the dolphins he wasn't running full speed into people right he looks like he is under control when he's on the move he's making good decisions as far as going down into into the slide or getting out of bounds so just don't worry about it and you know what the the, the hope would be that as they're as the bears build up this offense more around him that he's not running as much yeah, I don't. I don't think the long term plan is to have Fields running for two hundred yards a game. Absolutely, but he was doing what he had to do to put points on the board. And you know what? He, the Bears scored thirty points for the third week in a row. Yeah, when has that happened? Right? And, <laughs> you know, we always say it's a passing league, but it's it's a scoring league, right? Yeah. I mean, the 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 point of the offense is to score, and 
he's doing what he has to do to put up points in this offense. And maybe next year, he's making he's they're scoring more points with him from the pocket. That would be ideal. And you know, you see flashes of that already because he can make all the throws. Right. That throw to Mooney, that touchdown, that was perfect. Not yeah. not every quarterback can make that throw, and he does things like that every single game. So yeah, and let's uh, let's. Uh... Fans, let's reflect on the fact that, you know, he is doing this with a extremely suspect line. He is doing this with one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. So, you know, there are there are pieces yet to come that will help elevate his play. Now, one thing, uh, touching back on the Michael Vick comments, um, one thing he did point out was... He said, if I was going to worry about a guy, I'd worry about Trey Lance. Mm. And I thought that was interesting that he brought him up and he said, because he's more slight of build. He's more tall and lanky uh, versus, um, well, he brought up Cam Newton, right? I mean, Cam Newton was literally a beast. A beast like Lynch Mar- Marshawn Lynch is a beast. And they were playing him like Marshawn Lynch. Right, right. Brian Urlacher is a beast. You know, I mean, it was... It, it, and it, yeah, they played him that way. Now, obviously, we don't want... Uh, we don't want number one to take the amount of punishment that Newton did. But I think he plays smarter than Newton. I think he's certainly a better passer than Newton. And, uh, yeah, he's pretty adept at sliding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was listening to Trent Dilfer talk about this. He he said that the Panthers were using Cam Newton like no team has really ever used their starting quarterback. Right. Which is basically he was taking a snap in the shotgun and then designed running the ball up the middle. Like, <laughs> like you would do for your running back. Right. It was very successful for them. They, they got to a Super Bowl, but it wore him down. That's not what the Bears are doing with Fields. His big runs are either scrambles because protection broke down or because nobody's open or because he just saw a hole there, or they're designed runs to the outside where the objective is for him to get six, seven yards and get out of bounds and avoid a hit. So the Bears are being smart with the way that they're using Fields. And you know what? Maybe 15 years ago, it was conventional in the NFL to not be designing a lot of run plays for your quarterback that's just not how it is anymore right most of the good quarterbacks have the ability to make things happen on the ground look at Mahomes look Mm -hmm. at Josh Allen Mm -hmm. these players that have elite passing ability are still even 12 in Green Bay has always had that I mean actually now that's a detriment that he doesn't really have that anymore because he could extend plays like nobody's business for a while Somebody said on the radio this week that Fields looks like Devin Hester returning a punt on every play. (laughs) If you watch the game, it kind of looks a little bit like those plays where he kind of cuts one way and then cuts back, and just you just see the the Red Sea kind of parting there. His on the on the field speed is really wonderful to watch. It's just crazy. And one thing that you can just see that's developed a lot this year is just his presence of mind when he is on the move. We've seen the couple of times where he kind of does that pump fake and gets the defender's hips turned. This week, he he, he actually, when he did that, it was the long touchdown run. He It looked like a... Oh, it was great. It, but it wasn't even a fake. It, he, he had Mooney, but he saw that the safety was crashing down and was going to jump the route, so he pulled it down and then still got the 60-yard touchdown run. It's <laughs> it's just insane what this kid can do and when when I mean it's it's a national story right now. Turn on NFL Live, turn on ESPN, turn on any of the talk shows and people are talking about what Justin Fields is doing on a on a 3 and 6 team, which is pretty incredible. It's not not something I expected this year. Well, it's um you know you mentioned uh Hester and uh and Fields um it, what it reminds me of as well is the Kansas Comet, Gale Sayers, just give me six inches of daylight. You know, all three of those guys have that on-the-field speed that is so deceptive that you do, you give them that crack, and suddenly they're through the hole. There's There's this gear shift up to 
bolt through the uh, through that little hole, and then they just turn off the, on the afterburners. And adios, muchachos. Yeah, exactly. It's fun to watch, and I, I still think that his passing ability is kind of getting underrated. I mean, I mentioned absolutely. I mentioned the throw to to Mooney. He made some other really nice throws while on the run. He made some other nice throws from the pocket. Everyone was complaining that he didn't have 200 receiving yards. Well, there were over 100 yards left on the field when you talk about the pass interference to Claypool that was called, the pass interference that wasn't called. That's 100 yards right there. And then also that perfect throw at the end of the game that Equinemius St. Brown dropped. That's inexcusable. so, So, I mean... There were yards left on the field through no fault of the quarterback. Absolutely. And when you consider that plus the yards he gained on the ground, I mean, it was a ton of all-purpose yards. And I think the passing is is just going to get better and better as they get Claypool more involved in the offense and then going into next year as they upgrade the wide receivers and the offensive line position. I I think the future is really bright here. And I I know the Bears obviously didn't win the game, and we're talking like – they did, but you just you just can't worry about the defense right now. The defense just sucks, and it's bad because the Bears kind of made it bad. They didn't acquire any good players, and they traded away the good players that they had in the front seven. So. You know, though, um, I've been thinking about this a lot of recent, and one of the things that we really need to look at um, as far as Bears fans is, and uh, I'm going to shout out Matt Jensen here because he's actually been saying this for quite a while, and that is, you know what? Screw the defense. (laughs) The reason I say that is because the Bears have been focused on the defense forever. And other than, uh, you know, it has got us to the Super Bowl, um, you know, uh, and it's it's got us to the NFC Championship game. But those elite defenses are gone. And when it gets right down to it, we didn't, we weren't, it wasn't enough to get us over the hump. They, they, we've got to have this league as a passing league. This league is an offensive league. You don't lose a defensive coordinator that becomes your head coach to another team. You, you, you don't, you don't lose your defensive coordinators very often. People are already talking about losing Getzey, you know, based on what he's done. Now, I don't. I, I personally do not think he's going anywhere. I think he will stay, no matter how successful we are this year. I think he'll have a vested interest to stay with this group and see it through at least one more year. Now, one more year down the road, yeah, he might be gone. Yeah. But I think he. I think he, anybody that has put this much energy into a job and is working this closely with a young, exciting player like Fields, has to have some vested interest in that and say, you know what, I want to see how this comes out. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I hope he doesn't go. I, I don't know if he'll get offers because, I mean, the, the offense has really only been playing this way for, what, four games? So yeah. It's not a huge body of work, but when you look at some of the... Heck, you could really narrow it to two. But when you look... I mean, Jeff Saturday just got a job, and he's never <laughs> So, like, when you look at some of the people... Yeah, but at the same time, everybody is like, is Ursa smoking crap? <laughs> like, the tech... The, tech the, the only reason the Texans didn't hire Josh McCown is because... They got shamed out of it because it would have looked so bad that they, that, that they hired him with no coaching. So, like, I, I, people get jobs based on limited bodies of work. We'll see what happens with Getze, but I, I think that if Fields is good, then I, I think that at that point, he's really the one that's commanding the offense. I know he's not the one necessarily calling plays, but it's, it's a quarterback's league at the end of the day. And if you have the elite quarterback, you figure the rest out. I, I, I want to go back to the defense a little bit because it's like, yes, they, they are bad. And I agree with what you just said there. You don't necessarily win games by having the monsters of the midway anymore. Right. And I agree. You should be investing more heavily in the offense. The defense needs to be better than it is right now if you're going to be a, a realistic sure. contender. But it doesn't have to be great. It needs to be middle of the pack and you need to be able to get turnovers and you need to be able to get after the quarterback. And it doesn't necessarily even need to be great during the season. Playoff football is a little different when it's colder out and when the margins are a little bit tighter. That's when you tend to see some lower scoring games. But there's a lot of games in the NFL that look just like the one that the Bears just played on Sunday where both teams are scoring pretty much every time they have the ball. And 
the difference is either a team that gets an opportunistic turnover or yeah, get a special teams touchdown like the Bears gave up or right. You know, there's a million things that can kind of just make the game fall one way or another. But man, teams score a lot in the regular season. They do. The defense right now is bad, and I think it looks worse than it actually is because the last two games have been against two really good offenses. Yeah, I, I think they'll play a little bit better. We've just played but... two two games against two opponents who definitely were deeper in talent than we are. Absolutely, but the, the point is, I mean, there's going to be a time to worry about the defense a little bit more. That time's not this year. I'm, right. I'm just enjoying what the quarterback's doing because if you have the quarterback, then everything else tends to fall into place. I mean... Fans, go look at the last two games, and this to me was blatant in the Dolphins game. They didn't know what to do about fields. They were planning on stacking the box just like everybody else does against the Bears and finds it effective. We're just going to keep blitzing. We're going to keep stacking the box. Fields can't throw against us. They're not going to run him. They're just going to stick him back there in the pocket, and he's going to have problem. You know, he's going to be looking out for who's going to hit him, and we're going to be able to get sacks on him and worry him further. This this latest breakout in these last few games has seen the D back off, yeah. and I thought it was most evident in that Miami game. Yeah, for sure. There's just no answer to a quarterback that can do what Fields can do athletically. People were making fun of the teams because people are people always say, well, just put a spy on the quarterback. Yeah. It's like, well, if the guy that you're using to spy the quarterback is slower than the quarterback, <laughs> it doesn't do any good because the guy's just going to run around him. And that's, that's what you're seeing. It's not like you're seeing Fields just having oceans and oceans of space to run through. He's narrowly missing guys. There's small gaps. It's just he's so fast and he's such a skilled runner with the ball that you just can't tackle him in space. And yes. Man, that's exciting to see because just watching him, I mean, there's not many more gifted runners at the quarterback position in the NFL. I mean, you could talk about Lamar Jackson. Other than that, though, nobody's really coming to mind. And I think Fields is a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. I do, too. I think he's a better thrower than Jalen Hurts. And I do, too. By, by the way, go and look at where Jalen Hurts was this time last year. Fields looks a ton better than Hurts did at this time during his second year. And Fields is playing with much less talent around him. So, man, it's, it's just a lot to be excited about. Two, two words. Elite athlete. Yeah. He, is, he is an athlete on the scale that the Bears have seen never at quarterback. But... Uh, they've seen it at other positions, but never at that position. And he is a elite athlete on the scale of one of the best in the NFL. I, I'm calling it out. It, he is unbelievable. We we forget when we watch him run. He's six foot three and weighs two hundred and twenty five pounds. Yeah. If he hits you, you're gonna know it. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, they got that spy right there. Yeah, uh, not only is his speed better than you, he's probably a better athlete than you, too. Unquestionably. So he's gonna he can go around you and and leave you in the dirt, which by the way, um, that's one of the things that I've found most entertaining about watching this year is leaving people in the dirt. It's like so many people are almost in his craft <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to fly by you and I'm going to go score this touchdown. <laughs> it's, it's fun to watch, man. And, you know, it, it really gets you excited about the future because I think that Adding Claypool is a really nice addition. I think you saw that already. Absolutely. I mean, I was actually surprised that Claypool was as involved in the offense as he was. But, man, they were running a lot of different routes for him. And you just saw it on on the go routes, right? A guy that just makes one move and he's just open. Yes. And that's the type of talent you need at wide receiver if you're going to have an elite NFL offense. He, He drew the one huge pass interference play. There should have been a second one that would have put the Bears in a position to win the game. And, man, I mean, that's that's just found yardage. When you have a guy that can just do that, just get make, make that one little cut, and all of a sudden he's open 30 yards down the field, and the only way you can stop him from catching the ball is to tackle him. Right. And that's just 
the type of skill set that the Bears have not had since Brandon Marshall or Alshon Jeffrey. And it just makes everybody better. I mean, you saw Mooney get involved. You saw Komet with two touchdowns. You know, it's just fun watching this offense because despite the lack of talent, it just doesn't look like it's that far away. You want to add another receiver. You want to upgrade the offensive line a little bit. But, man, they're scoring 30 points a game right now. And it just really, really makes you think about what could be possible if, if you make some savvy upgrades this offseason and if, you know, things work out from a health perspective. Yeah, and, I, I you know, that is something exciting to look at. Um, I've mentioned it, I mentioned it last week and, uh, I'll bring it up again. Uh, one of the things, um, that we've seen firsthand in the last two games, two quarterbacks, two young athletic quarterbacks who have got to, um, really dig in with their teams. Um, both of them have had, uh, times where it's been, oh, well, is this really the guy? We don't know whether this is really the guy. Well, now they're kind of looking like, yeah, we are the guy, and we've been the guy the whole time. You had to give us some time to, you know, uh, adjust from going from college to the NFL. You had to give us some time to get behind a decent offensive line. You had to give us some time to get some true elite pass catchers out there. Notice that both of those teams have those things. Yeah. We don't, you know, so... When we can get to that, and you and the aforementioned Jalen Hurts, too. You know, he's got those things. Remember, guys, um, the guy we have in charge of all this, Poles, he came from a team that has those things, right? Yeah. So, you know, we don't have to go and bear through that same thing that the Bears always seem to get, and that's the guy that has to learn the job. Poles already knows what he's doing. He came from an organization that he worked for for 13 years. You know, and they're right now contending to as a Super Bowl winner. You know, uh, so I, I think, you know, we've got we've to gotta step back and wait for him to, to work some of this. Is everything he's going to do perfect? No. I mean, one thing I did want to bring up tonight... Just because it happens to be talked about quite a bit right now is Valus Jones. Yeah. It is looking like, you know, wah, wah, I guess he's just now, you know, he he's he's still he's he's twenty five, he's in his rookie year. We don't know whether, you know, he, he can pan out and at all. With the group of receivers, you know, let's let's talk a, l a little bit about our group of receivers right now. We're excited because we have Mooney. Uh, Claypool certainly looks like you, you don't go and trade a, a high second round pick for a player that you're only going to keep around for a year. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think his effect on the field was noticeable. Um, drawing that safety away, right? Uh, letting... Um, Mooney go from the outside to the slot. Yes. That that was a big talk during that game. You know, having Komet actually be in one on one situations or open, right, yeah. to take advantage of him. I mean, that was Komet's coming out party, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, compare Fields' athleticism and his talent to Tua. Like, <laughs> Fields is a ton faster. He's got a much stronger arm. I mean, Tua at times when he's throwing the ball down the field, it looks like he's got like a, that old like pop gun arm that people used to talk about, like Chad Penny. He's he's slight too. Yeah, and if you go back to this time last year, people were talking about him as a complete bust. Oh, complete so, bust. What did the Dolphins do this year? Well, they signed or they they hired uh, Mike McDaniel as their head coach, which. Man, it does make you wonder what he'd be doing with Fields, but uh -huh. that's besides the point. And they went out, they got Tyreek Hill, who, you know, first ballot, Hall of Famer probably. Uh, yeah, um, and that right now is looking like the stunner trade of the year. Probably going to be the offensive player of the year if he stays healthy. And then they had Jalen Waddle, so they... Who is blowing up. Yeah, he's awesome. So the Bears aren't there yet, but... Fields is doing things that Tua certainly didn't do in his second year. He's doing things that Hurts didn't do in his second year. You just got to give it time. And it's not like Poles doesn't know that. The entire objective of this year was, number one, see if they've got the guy in Fields. I think they do have the guy. I think the fact that they traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool means that the front office thinks they had the guy. They, 
I second that we got the guy. You don't you don't make that trade if you think that you're going to be drafting a quarterback next year, right? So they, they they've got the guy quarterback, and number two was to get the salary cap cleaned up so that going into next year. You've got all these resources to make upgrades to the roster, and they're going to make upgrades to the roster. We, we I read that um, the Bears are eating about $85 million this year. It's some insane number. It's, I think, the second most in the NFL. I can't remember who's first. But, yeah, they're paying so much money to guys that aren't playing here so that next year they don't have to pay those guys anymore. Right. So, you know, of the two main objectives, I think both have clearly been achieved. And also, you know, this team's not even that bad. No. They're 3-6. and The record's not great. They could easily have a couple more wins. But, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Right. But, man, going forward, the the next several games are very, very winnable. Uh, I've heard people in the national media talking about that the Bears still have an outside shot at the playoffs. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. (laughs) But, you know, if if you go out this week and beat the Lions and then beat the Falcons and you're talking about a 5-6 and team with the quarterback figured out for the future like how could this year have really gone any better when you think back to what we were saying eight weeks ago it's right. insane so. well and you know uh you know with uh you know you were talking about Tua um there is a lot of the talking heads out there saying that the Dolphins were crazy for going into this year with Tua yeah uh you know during the off season, um how come the Dolphins didn't make a harder run at Deshaun Watson or, um, you know, or, or, or Brady or, or in the draft. I mean, there was, there, that was a big topic for them. And they were like, no, we're going to stick with Tua and see what happens. Um, it's sure looking like it's paying off right now. Uh, I mean, other than, you know, him being hurt for a little bit there, uh, he, he looks like he has that, that Dolphins offense really clicking right now. They're looking like a legit, like a legit team. I don't know about winning the Super Bowl, yeah. but certainly coming into the playoffs strong, right? And then um, they could still win that division. They definitely, definitely, um, you know. And uh, which right now is looking like a pretty tough division. Yeah, I mean that team could send all that division could send all four teams to the playoffs. <laughs> you know, like. that's pretty crazy. Uh, but um, uh, you know, and and the thing is, is that when you look at this group of young. Uh, athletic quarterbacks that is kind of uh, running the show now. You know, you got Tua, you got um, Mayholm, you got uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, you look around the league and you can see that that mold is changing, yes. right? It, it the I think that the day of the pure pocket passer is going. It, it's it it, it 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 we have to like any other thing. You evolve, and this is the this is the next step. Not the far, um, you know, he's good. The only the Russian guy, and not the far. He's a stone in the pocket guy. Mike it's this, <laughs> right? And it, it's this. That's the thing is, it, it's this new mesh. Josh Allen is. I mean, it's unbelievable what he does, and he's six foot six. You know, so. Um, this is this is the new way of things, and the fact that we have somebody uh, that is uh, showing the depth of that kind of athleticism is is amazing to me. It's awesome, yeah. I mean, I was talking to my girlfriend before the game on Sunday, and I was like, "This is the most excited I think I've been for a Bears game since the <laughs> since the Cody Parkey game." Like knowing full well the Bears weren't going to win, I was like. I think the offense is going to put up a ton of points. And, oh, and they did. And a special shout out to Jim Senior, who yeah. was who, who was a special visitor <laughs> at the at the bar. Um, so glad that you you came down and joined us. That was that was a really fun game at the bar. Everybody was totally juiced uh, watching it. Yeah, it was a loss, but you know what? I came out of there feeling like it was a win. I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, echo the shout out. Like to see a few more people come out to the bar, even though it was a really fun atmosphere. I think yeah, a lot of, a lot of people I think a lot of people stayed home. But man, come out and watch this team. It's a lot of fun, especially when they're scoring pretty much every possession. And, <laughs> you know, one other guy before we move on to the power rankings and everything else. You mentioned Cole Komet. I mean, man, he's looking good. He really is. I was listening to again Dilfer, and, and he said that he thinks Komet is one of the best players on the team. 
He says he's a elite blocker and he can run NFL routes. And he said you don't find too many guys that can do both of those things. So I feel like we've been hard on him. Said he wasn't worth the second round pick. But man, I, I, I've noticed him playing a lot better the past few games. And if he's getting that kind of praise from people that know the game, I mean, you know, maybe he really is that tight end that the team can build around. He's, he's not going to be Kelsey. He's not going to be Kittle. But I think he could still be pretty good. So I, I think he could be. The way he is playing, um, I think being a top five in the league is definitely possible. I mean, yes, and uh, I'll admit it, I have been one of the people that has um, been none too pleased with him. Uh, I, but I was, buying, I was drinking the Kool-Aid when I was reading about uh, Komet and Mooney and Fields in the offseason. Um, I was feeling pretty disappointed during the first few games because it was like there was, you know, they had talked so much about this and it just wasn't evident on the field. Uh, Mooney and Komet both seemed to be nowhere. Uh, and it, it was just like, you know, what is going on? We, we, we have, it's almost like we're regressing in the passing game. But, you know, that what, what that was more than anything was lack of patience for our coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that kind of went to the, way, uh, to the wayside a little bit. You know, that we got a brand new play caller here. And I think that was one of the things that um, we, we had to be patient about. And I also think it's one of the things that keeps um, Getze in, in Chicago Going from being a passing game coordinator to OC to head coach, uh, is, I still think that's improbable. Even with the, the kooky <laughs> Jeff Saturday thing, <laughs> I, I don't think that that's going to happen too often. Um, but, you know, regardless, what, whatever, that's down the road. Uh, I know one thing, uh, there's, I, it, it's, it's self-evident that um, they're using uh, they're using Fields to make use of his best abilities. Yeah, and and I just think having uh, Claypool is going to help so much. I mean, when you have a wide receiver that you have to know where he's at every single play, plus the fact that you've got the quarterback that if you give him an inch, he's going to end up forty yards down the field. Like it just opens up the offense for all those other guys. I mean. Mooney and Komet, we've already seen get involved. We've seen Nikhil Harry have some catches. I'm still interested to see if they can incorporate him a little bit more because that's another guy that's got a ton of talent. Um, uh, who, who's the guy? Pringle is, is supposed to be coming back soon. We'll see. If, I mean, that's still an NFL wide receiver. The whole, the, the, the whole, he can make that claim at least. The, the, well, I mean, when you look at some of the other guys that are still running around out there, I mean, the hope would be that going forward, there's no more throws to Equinemius St. Brown. Wow. I, I just, I, I like Brown. He's a good blocker, but man, he's just such a bad receiver. He really is. Like it's either the drops or the the deep balls that he doesn't even make an effort to go up and get. I mean, he's just not an NFL pass catcher. I don't know if maybe there's a role for him if if you can find a way to get him involved in special teams or as kind of that uh, you know hybrid. Didn't touch- he have a touchdown in week one? I think so, but that's one. And, <laughs> you know, if there's that, you know, if there's a role for him as like a hybrid tight end where he can ma- take advantage of his blocking skills, I don't know. But man, you got to stop throwing the ball to him in, in crunch time. And before we move on, I guess you did bring up Bayless Jones. I want to circle back to him. What's one thing you have to keep in mind with him is that he missed camp. Because yep. he was injured, and man, when you're a rookie, especially when you're not like uh, elite, like first round pick rookie, right? Missing training camp sets you back a lot. I, I know people are really down on him. It has been disappointing, but I'm not. I'm not totally uh, off. Uh, 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 sold out. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I still think there's promise there. Yeah, and, and we've seen flashes when he gets the ball in his hands. He gets ten yards every time. So. It's not like there's not talent there. I don't know if it's a practice issue or if he needs to learn the playbook better or if he just needs to spend more time to get himself up to speed. I, I, I hope that if maybe he sits on the bench a couple of weeks, maybe he can figure things out a little bit more and they can actually get him involved in this offense because you see the potential there. There's people that are calling him a bust already. I, just give him some time, man. It was a, th- it was a, th- he's a, he's a third round pick. He probably, in all reality, was a bit overdrafted. But 
I, I still think that the ceiling is high just because of the athleticism. So absolutely, we'll, we'll see if if he continues to get the healthy scratch for the time being. But my hope would be that you know a, a few weeks down the road we're thinking a little bit more positively about him. So uh, um, one thing that um, I did read this week. Uh, Right now, there's only two receivers that are under contract for next year, and that is Mooney and Jones. Um, Claypool is not? Uh, no. Um, Claypool, uh, he, he's, wait, he's, no, he, he's got to be. Yeah, Claypool is. Yeah. Pardon me. Uh, yeah, Claypool is, um, this. he has this year and next year. Okay. He'll probably, I'm betting he gets signed to a, an extension uh, in the offseason. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, so that, you know, that leaves you with, uh, Dante Pettis, uh, Equinemia St. Brown, uh, Byron Pringle, um, and Nikhil Harry. Uh, you know, it's question mark whether any of those guys will, uh, will, will, will make the team. Now, it might be I, that none of them are around <laughs> and, that, and that's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, the, the one that I'm the most disappointed in is Pringle. I really thought that, um, with his previous numbers, uh, he would be a solid ad. Uh, but wow, he's just, I mean, he's mostly just not played. Right. It's just not been available. Yeah, so... I think he's back practicing. I, I think he's eligible to return any game now. So. Yeah, I think it's pretty close that uh, they that they can bring him back. Um, you know, I also thought that Nikhil Harry could be uh, a bounce-back kind of guy. We could maybe see some decent numbers out of him. I wasn't looking for him to be a huge ad or anything, but, um, you know, four receptions for 44 yards. Yeah, touchdown now. Uh, he does have a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Our, our receiving uh, our receiving touchdowns, um, you know, you got uh, Komet with three, which is, I read today, is tied for fifth in the league. Three in the last two weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pettis has two. Uh, Mooney has one. Brown has one. Uh, Herbert has one. Harry has one. And Jones has one. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, you know, most of those guys, well, Brown, you know, that last game dropping, dropping that when it's right there for you, that's pretty inexcusable. Yeah. You gotta have that one. Um, I, I don't, I mean that, that kind of play is the kind of play that you go to the locker room and like somebody's packed your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you, you mentioned Harry, I am willing to give him more time. I mean, those high ankle sprains are tough. Like, you ask any football player that's had one of those, and that lingers all season long. Right. So, we'll see if he can be a little bit more productive. He's really only been, what, he's been active, what, three games? I think. So, you know. I was thinking maybe two, but. So, I don't know. We'll see maybe as the season goes on, if he can get himself a little bit back into form. I mean, it's not like he was ever setting the world on fire with the Patriots. So, he may just not, right. he may just not be good, but. You know, he, he does have, he, he looks the part, so we'll see. I mean, that's that's the thing, right? I mean, you, you've got two receivers that you know for sure are going to be a part of it going forward. You hope maybe another guy that's on this roster could be like that fourth guy, and then next year you, you draft or you trade for the true like one of one, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just the possibilities are exciting, and it's exciting that we're able to have these conversations instead of the alternative, which would be, all right, we're going to be picking third overall. <laughs> what quarterback are we taking? And then how do we start to rebuild this roster? Wow, that is, um, I got to tell you, that feels so good to not <laughs> to not have to deal with that. Um, yeah, you could be the Lions, right? Yeah, you know, um, it's it, 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 we could actually, you know, injury aside, we're out of that. Out of that vortex, yes. and I hope that I hope it continues that way. Um, so, uh, who would you say right now is leading the team in receptions? Receptions? Yeah. Um, if I had to guess, oh boy, um, would it be? Is it Pettis? Mooney okay. actually is leading the team in receptions. I was surprised because I actually thought it might be. Um, 
uh, Montgomery. Yeah, I was going to guess a bat. And Montgomery is actually third. Um, but Mooney has 32 receptions. The next guy is Komet with 19. How many so yards is Mooney at? Mooney has 407 yards, um, and he's averaging 12.7. All of those numbers are not too bad. Um, they're, they're not amazing, but they're not, they're not, I mean, they're not great, but they're not bad either. And wasn't that with like goose eggs for like the first three games of the year? Right. So it's, so, been, it's been a lot better. So yeah, he's rebounding, um, you know, it, and his catch percentage actually, uh, is the best, um, that we've seen in the last, uh, since he's come in the league, it's at 61.5. So, um, but, um, I think, uh, you know, we see that, um, continue to increase and I certainly like the fact that, um, uh, you know, if we have Harry and Claypool on the outside, um, that puts us in a really different perspective. Don't you think? I really do. I think that those are both first round talents I guess Claypool was a second round pick but those are both really really talented receivers right so if you have those two plus Darnell Mooney and Harry's actually good then like I'd argue that you're kind of set at receiver right right so we'll see if Harry's good that's a big big if I mean because he's never been good in the NFL everybody knows that we're going to be drafting a receiver I mean it just it's just a question of when also, I think everybody is pretty much in agreement. We'll be drafting at least one offensive lineman somewhat high. Yeah. Again, just a question of when. But to me, at least you've got some pieces in those two units. Yeah. You know, uh, pass rush is something that we've got yeah. to. Front, that, will, that will be a big one heading into the draft. The front seven is just brutal. Yeah, it's just not good. Um, it, well, and you know, it, we can't even say that because it's really, all the guys are new. I mean, um, you know, so that's, you know, the only person that we had that was a stable there was Quinn. Um, so, you know, the players are all young and, you know, they, they, they could be something. We really don't have enough data. Right. So, but obviously the, the defense is, a you know, a, a, a whole nother conversation and, um, you it's know, a conversation for the Austin. Exactly, exactly. So um, I think it's about time to dip, 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 go to power rankings. So um, this week's power rankings are, in addition to our updated rankings, we checked in with the NFL Nation reporters across the league and asked them to name one player who is the team's MVP at midseason. One catch. It can't be a quarterback. These players have performed in a way that has been invaluable to their teams in the first half of the season, but can they continue to shine in the final half? So our number one team is... Uh, the Eagles. Still. The Eagles at 8-0. and uh, They are the NFL's and, and only AJ undefeated Brown's, team. A.J. Brown's MVP. And A.J. Brown is their uh, non-quarterback MVP. Uh, no question there. The guy is absolutely killing it. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's one of those trades that's just like, are you guys stupid or something? And, uh, stupid is a stupid dude. <laughs> stupid is a stu- stupid does Ms. Blue. So, um, I, you know, uh, I just, um, you, you have to really kind of, when, when trades are made like that, you got to kind of look at them like, what were you guys thinking? Um, uh, Hertz has tossed six touchdowns with, no interceptions of a QBR of 91.4 when targeting Brown, who ranks sixth in the NFL in receiving yards and is tied for the second most receiving touchdowns. Uh, number one, uh, the number two team is the number one on the other side of the coin on the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs, six and two. Non quarterback MVP, got a guess? Uh, Chris Jones. Best tight end in the uh, NFL, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Absolutely killing it on my fantasy team. Thank you very much. Uh, on pace, <laughs> he's on pace for 121 catches, 1,400 yards, and 15 touchdowns. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, uh, you know, we got that there. The four touchdowns in a game thing will boost your numbers. <laughs> so we keep going down. Uh, the Bills are number three. Um and we come upon our first NFC North contestant. 
then number four, the Minnesota Vikings. Got the Vikings at four, huh? So let me ask you, Minnesota Vikings, great team or the greatest team? <laughs> I think they're like pretty good. So uh, I I have uh, friends out there who are already booking their uh, Super Bowl tickets because they're unbeatable. Hey, Charchian, you know what, Vikings. Unbeatable. There's not. A, they're not going to have another loss uh, this year. If you never have to like play a good quarterback, because <laughs> I mean, everybody thought that this would be the week that they're kind of. I guess we're going to go around the division anyway. So yes, we'll, we're going around the divisions. Of course, non-quarterback MVP is Jefferson. Obviously, yeah. one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, he makes that whole team better. Ranked second in the lead in receiving yards. Fifth in receptions. Um, he only has three touchdown catches, which is pretty wild because Komet has three <laughs> three touchdown catches. Um, but uh, apparently, you know, uh, they're I don't know what what the deal is there. But um, uh, so uh, then we drop down all the way to God. We got to go way down, don't we? <laughs> are the Bears are the Bears the second best team in the division in the power ranking? The uh, the Bears, I. I think they are. I'm trying to get all the way down there. Um, no. Uh, the cheese balls are still ranked above us. They're number 24. Oh, and man. we are number 25. All right. So um, they dropped from 20 down to 24. We went up from 26 to 25. If you to the Lions, shouldn't you just be off the power rankings? Which, by the way, uh, the Bears have gone up the last three weeks yeah, in a row. Uh, so, uh, that's pretty funny. Um, Non-quarterback MVP for the Packers, Aaron Jones. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even have guessed. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> it, it, I, that's one of those ones, to me, it's more like, we got to pick somebody. Yeah, who are you going to give it to? Which, you know, actually, uh, they do uh, have an honorable mention in here from Domofsky. Uh, and I think he really is the uh, non-quarterback MVP, and that's for Sean Gary. Uh, yeah. Out of Michigan, that guy was expected to be a beast. Had a, a first couple of iffy years, but um, has been a, just a beast this year. Oh, I didn't realize he and got... he's out for the year. Yeah, he got, yeah. Uh, got an ACL tear, so yep, that's too bad. So who's the Bears' non-quarterback MVP? Um, it's it, a big would, question. Would it be... Well, it can't be anybody on the D. Right. It's not. Of course, it can't be anybody. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna guess maybe Eddie Jackson. No. Nope. Um, Eddie Jackson has a pretty good year. Though. I don't know. Would it be Khalil Herbert? <laughs> Cairo <laughs> Santos. Yes, my favorite. I love that guy's name. And uh, he had the Bears kickers made 19 consecutive field goals, a stretch that dates back to week 15 of the 2021 season. Remember, he was on a streak last year, too, until our idiot coach decided to have him kick an 80-yard field goal. That one shouldn't uh, even so, count. Huh? That shouldn't even count. Shouldn't even... <laughs> it shouldn't count. You know, there should be a, an asterisk. Does it matter if your coach is an idiot? <laughs> right. Um, Santos is a perfect 13 to 13 on field goals this season, including 54 from 50 plus yards and 14 to 16 on extra points. His president has provided a boost to Chicago's growing offense and the comfort that it can keep a pace even if it ends with a field goal over a touchdown. So, um, Justin Fields had a comment. He said, every time we get in that field goal range, I'm always cognitive of we got points. That's what they do. We most likely have points right here when talking about Santos. So, you know, that's one of the things about kickers that it amazes me that any NFL team would have an iffy kicker. Mm -hmm. uh, because they are. They're money in the bank for you. And having a great kicker is something that really is a Bears tradition, right? Uh, you know, Butthead was, um, was the man for, I think he was 15 seasons forever. Um, you know, Edinger was actually a pretty good kicker for the, for the bears. Uh, you know, um, of course, Robbie gold, uh, you know, Robbie gold could end up as a hall of famer. It's, it's possible. Right. Um, so, I mean, we, we certainly have a good lineage as far as that's concerned and, uh, yeah, kudos to. Well, and you, you really notice it when you don't, right? I mean, that's right. Think about the period between Robbie Gold and Santos. You mean like Connor Barf? 
Cody part. <laughs> Cody double dink. Uh, yeah, you know, um, it, it's it's really awful to even say those guys' names. But, uh, uh, you know, um, the, the big thing is uh, that I think it's pretty cool that the Bears keep going up even though they're losing. Hey. So uh, that, that's got to say something about your team, right? And, of course, who's last... They last overall. Uh, are they just no, they're not dead last overall. But I mean, they move. They actually moved up because they beat the Packers from thirty-one to thirty. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, I mean, how is it that they're always just awful? You know, yeah. uh, and and so I was uh, I was talking with Jim you know, a little bit about. Um, DeAndre Swift, uh, I, I was an idiot that, um, brought him on my team and he has been absolutely worthless. Um, but, uh, I was mentioning to him that, you know, with running backs anymore, it's fill the next guy in the slot and he can be your guy. Uh, Jamal Williams is the one that is looking like, uh, MVP. He's yeah, he is. He's their non quarterback MVP. He's the one that's looking like he could be the future. Uh, if, uh, Swift isn't worried about that, he should be, uh, because, uh, you know, I, I think we're figuring out that these guys, uh, I hate to say it, running backs out there, you're a dime a dozen. Yeah. And Swift's problem is he's just always hurt. Yeah. So. You know, and that's a, that is a big problem. Yeah. So yeah. And number 31, uh, the Carolina Panthers, number 32, once again, the Texans, the Texans should just go ahead and set up camp at number 32. Nah, the- you know, <laughs> I, I I couldn't even guess who their MVP. Actually, I could guess. It's the safety. Uh, what's the guy's name? Petrie. Nope. Oh. But that's worth it. He he's he was a good pick. Um, Damian Pierce. Oh yeah, he's been good. Yeah. So a, another guy that really wasn't expected to be the starter at the beginning of the year, but um, he is now. Uh, you know, so um, we'll we'll wait to see what happens there. Uh, wow, the that team is a mess. Um. I, I think, arguably, though, the Panthers maybe should be 32. Uh, they're just downright awful. Um, and they're, you know, uh, the thing is, is that do they have anything to look forward to? I, I don't I don't know. Um, they're going to draft a quarterback. So you know, they're going to be picking uh, number one or number two. You, so. You're looking at these, you're looking at these crappy teams and, uh, you know, most of them, uh, that's the, it's the same question over and over and over. Who is their quarterback? And we, as Bear fans, know that better than anybody. And hopefully we have an answer for the first time in a very long time. So um, one thing I did want to touch on before we uh, you know, go to the, the game is we were talking about the defense. Um, it, it's interesting because uh, we've talked a lot about how the Bears are a second-half team. They certainly are. Uh, I think that even with... The changes of you know uh, trading away Quinn and trading away Roquan, I think that the defense in the second half though is still doing decently. I mean, they definitely figured it out a little bit towards the end of the game last week. Yeah, and I think that the defense will look a little bit better when they're not going up against like elite offenses, right? Like they were never going to cover Hill and Waddle. They just aren't. No, but but. This week against the Lions, I mean, the Lions can score, especially when they've got their players healthy, but they'll also turn the ball over. And with the Lions, you can always kind of count on the fact that, you know, there's probably going to be something incompetent that happens on offense at some point in the game, right? I mean, think about the game in Soldier last year when the Lions got inside the five-yard line like six times and turned it over like five. (laughs) So, you know, I, I think this is an opportunity for the defense to say, you know, we're not great, but we're also not, like, bottom of the barrel awful. Like, if they can go out and hold this Lions team in the 20s, then I think the Bears win this one easily. And we'll see. I, th- I certainly think that's doable, even though I think the Lions are going to have mostly their full offense, including Swift and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, the, the better of the St. Browns, <laughs> at, least, at least when it comes to playing. Wow, those two brothers different. Holy smokes. Uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I, I think the bears do win this game. Um, I do too. You know, it, it, it's funny because, uh, it, it, it is starting to get into that hard spot because when you're watching the game, of course you want to see our, you know, see our guys win, yep. but it does kind of work. That they're losing, yep. uh, because 
Uh, right now, uh, they I think they would still they would be in the top ten. Then they'd be picking eighth. Eight. So yeah, I'd certainly like to see them picking eight oh. rather than twelve <laughs> or fifteen. And, and losing this week would actually it would serve another good purpose because if Dan Campbell remains the coach of the Lions, <laughs> that's great for the Bears, which so. certainly looks like a distinct possibility. So if, if you want to throw another win at him and keep him around next year when the Bears are actually supposed to be good, that would be great. But no, I'm with you. I think the Bears win. I, I think that they're going to outscore the Lions. I think the Lions are going to score, but I think they're going to Lions the game up. They're going to they're going to they're going to make a critical mistake. At an important time, and I think that's going to be enough. And I think the Bears are three-point favorites, and I would actually not be surprised if they... Two and a half. Even better, then. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they cover that spread. Yeah, matchup predictor on ESPN has uh, Bears 58.5 versus Detroit 41. Um, I think that's a little bit over, but uh, I I still think that that's pretty close. Um, You know, the, the Bears actually... Uh, compare pretty favorably, um, <laughs> but uh, okay. Jared Goff versus Justin Fields, go. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Who's who's got the better quarterback, right? Bears. Who's, who's, I mean, really. Who's got the better coach? Yeah, the Bears. Yeah. So those two things alone, I mean, that's your kind of biggest two predictors of success in the NFL. And yeah, I mean the Lions just they just find ways to lose. So. so the um, injury report. Oh, I didn't know that Tevin Jenkins was on the injury report. Yeah, I think he's questionable. Right? Yeah, listed as questionable. So is Jalen Johnson. Um, Kendall Vildor, first of his name, is also uh, questionable. Um, Matthew Adams, they moved to injured reserve. El Quadine, uh, Muhammad. We haven't really heard a lot from that guy, have no. we? I, I kind of wonder about him. He, he kind of seems like he's uh, like vapor. Yeah, he's not, <laughs> I mean, not wonder if he. I don't think I ever hear the guy's name get called. So maybe that's a maybe that's a concern. Yeah, he's not signed to a long deal. So, <laughs> so uh, Minnesota Vikings versus Buffalo Bills. I don't have much to say on this one because we don't know who's playing quarterback for the Bills. I, I think that if it's Josh Allen, they're going to lose. And I think that if it's Case Keenum, they. Or it's probably more of a coin flip. So that's all I have on that one. I I'm of the same ilk. Uh, the matchup predictor has Buffalo seventy nine point three versus Minnesota twenty point five. If you were the Bills, why would you play Josh Allen? Right, like it's a non conference game, and if he hurts himself, then you're done. So right, I would err on the side of caution there unless they have something in the medicals that just say like that he can't hurt this any worse yeah i mean you're six and two and you're going to the playoffs unless your team completely falls apart but a good way for your team to completely fall apart is to make sure that your primary numero uno player uh stays on the injury list yeah i mean we'll see i mean the vikings just keep having good luck buffalo versus uh buffalo is a three and a half point favorite there well it was like eight before the josh allen news came out yeah that's uh gives you an idea for how important he is yeah he really is and uh you know he's a he is a prime time player so uh, let's take a look at... Let's take a uh, minute to laugh at the Packers. <laughs> yes, let's take a look at the Wacker Packers and uh, see what they look like. Um, it's uh, matchup predictor has uh, Dallas 69.3 versus Packers 30.4%. Packers five po- or the Cowboys are five-point favorites, right? Yep. And uh, four, four and a half, five. Um, it's just like one of those... So like, there's two possible things, right? It's like... Either this is like Aaron Rodgers' last stand, and he's gonna like pull one out of the hat to beat his old coach Mike McCarthy, who everybody knows, you know, they didn't really get along, or just the Cowboys are way better and the Cowboys are gonna win. And I just tend to think it's the latter. Uh, I'm going with the Cowboys are way better and they're gonna thump them. I mean, I take the I take the Cowboys and the points. The Packers are just terrible. They're not a good team. Um, They, they, you know, uh, Packer fans. Uh, and Domofsky, I think, is super guilty of this. Uh, you know, you guys can keep um, playing them up to be something more than they're not. They're just not good. Yeah, and like, what's even? I mean, the Packers haven't been at home in like four weeks. I mean, what's the home field advantage going to be like if the Cowboys go up? I mean, 
the Packers are going to be getting booed at home. And, and getting rid of Devontae Adams, I think, is one of the biggest blunders in yeah. Packer-backer history. I mean, both of those guys. I mean, do you think Adams is having fun in Vegas right now? Yeah, I mean, I mean it was... It was a huge mistake. So I would love to know like what the front office is saying privately because remember two weeks ago I listed off like a five game stretch for the Packers and said if they're gonna have any shot at all of getting to the playoffs they've got to go three and two. Yeah. Well, it's been two games and they're zero and two, <laughs> and that includes a loss to the Lions, which is the one that pretty much everybody thought they would win, right? So. This week they play the Cowboys, and then they turn around and have to play the Titans on Thursday night. So, like, two playoff teams. I, what do you think? Do you think that if they lose those two, and if they're 3-8, and eight, do you think that's it for Rodgers? Like, could they just go to him in the 10 games they have between Thursday and the following Sunday? Which, which by the way, is in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, so, there, they, there is some buzz about that. Like, could they just be like, look, this isn't working, like... We'll make up an injury. We're not going to say that you're benched. We'll still pay you, but like we're going to turn this over to Jordan Love. See if he's got a shot, and more than likely, we're just going to try to lose out and be picking a quarterback next year because it's it it looks over. So everybody looks miserable. And so that you know that is it, it's really interesting because that is a a buzz on the national level. Um, it is you know legit. Uh, do you, do you take your, uh, do you take him and like you said, make up something that, okay, well, you know, we're, we'll just put out something, you know, you, you got a bad hammy or whatever. Um, so we can see what we got out of Jordan Love, um, which I personally don't think that they have anything there. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the biggest part of it though is the money, right? What are they going to do about the money? Next next year, he is going to set the record for the most money ever in a single season in the history of the NFL. So you got that to look forward to. Yeah. So I don't know what they do there. Um, you know, there yeah, I'm is. I'm enjoying watching it though. Exactly, exactly. The the thing that obviously makes the most sense is that they trade him. Um, Who's going to you know, trade for him? But you're right. Who's going to trade for him? Well, you know, there might be a team out there that looks at it and says, we think we got enough pieces uh, that we can, you know, put a guy in. Some people say that the Colts actually do have some, you know, good pieces there that um, if they if they got a quarterback that they could plug in. Um, keep the carousel. You know, going. that was the whole Matt Ryan thing, but Matt Ryan is washed up. Now, that's the other question, of course, is, is 12 just done? Right. You well, know? Rodgers loves Getze, so there you go. The Colts are going to hire Getze. (laughs) You know that has actually been a scenario. We've solved solved the problem here. God, I hope that doesn't happen. I don't know. Whatever happens with the Packers, I'm just really enjoying it. So, all right, I think that's... That's pretty much it for uh, this week. Oh, oh, I I, I did have one other thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, Because we were talking about, you know, that the Packers, you know, want to put love in at some point to see what they have there. One uh, guy that has recently come up is Alex Leatherwood. Is he going to get on the field so we can find out what this guy is about? Because the thing is, is that you have this young, huge player. I mean, physically enormous player who came out as a really high pick, you know, like you said, first round talent and he hasn't worked out so far. But um, our GM saw enough in him to go get him. He's a former offensive lineman. We know that we're hoping that his uh, experience and the assistant GM's experience, both of them as linemen, will help us build a line like we haven't seen since the days of the Blues Brothers in the 80s. Now, you know they, they liked enough to go get him. Um, is, is he a guy that he's in the future of, uh, of the bears? Didn't he have mono? Yeah, he did have mono. So like, is he like even ready to go? Like <laughs> the way I understand it is he is like, I've had mono and I lost like 20 pounds. Yeah. I mean, mono <laughs> is not a joke. It, I had it once too. And like, it's actually like serious, like health issue, but like assuming he is ready to go, then I mean, yeah, I'd love to see him. I mean, I don't know where you'd put him though. I mean, you're not going to. 
I don't think you're going to play him at tackle because he was horrible at tackle. Right. Who are you going to take out of the guard spot right now? Like, so I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see if he gets out there. If Jenkins can't go, then maybe Leatherwood slots in because, yeah, you would like to see him because, yeah, first round pick, like very, very successful career at Alabama, which I think is a pretty good program. Yeah. So he has some talent. Obviously, it didn't work in Vegas, but, you know, I, I don't know where he slots in at the moment, but definitely something to keep an eye on because, yeah, I mean, you definitely never, you can never have too many offensive linemen. And when you've got one that's a first-round talent, you want to see him out there. So we'll see. I mean, maybe this is the week if Jenkins can't play, but I'm sure sure we'll see him at some point. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was um, All-American at Alabama, you know, uh, going up against um, SEC pass rushers. you know, it, but his time in Vegas was as bad as it possibly could be. I mean, he failed at tackle, he failed at guard. Uh, so the like I said, our GM, our assistant GM, both think that they see something there, um, and I, that is me to me is encouraging. I, I certainly hope that they, that they get him out there so they can see if it okay. Well, you know, we took a we we took a flyer on him and it it didn't pan out or you know what? This is this guy's a young big guy, and he could be a staple in the line going forward. Something to watch for, for sure. And yeah, I mean, offensive line is a week to week thing at this point because there's injuries, and certainly the Bears don't have players that are like guaranteed their spots, right? So, Absolutely. Right. So that's it for this week. Go Bears! Let's hope for another fun one this week. Bear down.